welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our most courageous lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we have an inspiring conversation with Brittany Floyd Mayo, the CEO behind Trap Yoga Bay. Bridging the gap between self-care and cultural relevance, Trap Yoga Bay introduces those who feel ostracized from the typical yogi experience to the idea that self-care looks like you. Trap Yoga with Trap Yoga Bay is a vinyasa-style experience back to the heavy bass and hypnotic rhythms of trap music spun by a live DJ. Paired with Britney's signature ratchet affirmations, plus an energizing 45-minute yoga set, it is a one-of-a-kind experience. Her most recent milestone was moving her worldwide touring onto a thriving and online community app that can be downloaded for iOS and Android. This conversation with Brittany is one of our favorite podcast episodes of all time. Brittany's journey is one that will blow your mind and inspire you to live as your most true and authentic self. On this episode, we go deep and discuss transforming your entire life, courageously starting over and creating a life that feels good on the inside. We appreciate Brittany for sharing her incredible wisdom with all of us today on the podcast and can't wait for you to hear this episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with those red itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, and body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. 
If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited yeah. to be we're really excited to talk with you and learn all about what you do. Um, just to get started, would you tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how your own sort of exploration of your wellness and, and anything that you went through in your life led to you finding and creating Trap Yoga Bay? Yeah, I think that's a really good and important question because people often see someone in their success and they do not understand that uh, the prerequisite to success is complete and utter failure, right? And um, and in 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 the most proper and appropriate way, that is where my story started. Uh, it started with me kind of waking up one day, um, nine years into a marriage with two children, and looking at the the person I was married to, like, I don't know you, I don't like you, I don't want to be around you. Um, and and if I can be honest, also looking in the mirror and saying not those same words exactly, but to be like, I don't know you and I would love to know you. And I would love to, to, to start living my life based off of how I envisioned it. Because at 27, uh, or tw- yeah, 27, it's not too late to reinvent yourself. And so for me, what that looked like was getting into yet another altercation with my then husband and, um, and it got physical and jumping in my car and driving 32 hours from Austin, Texas, back to Oakland, California, my hometown, um, to start my life all over again with nothing but my car, my two children, and our dirty clothes that we snatched out the garage because I literally said that I was going to Walmart and never came back. Um, yeah, they can't see your face, but I can see your face. So boom. Right. So, so when I say utter failure, I didn't, I don't mean, um, in, in, in the sense other than I, before that moment, I had lived my life based off of what looked good. It looked good to, um, marry my college sweetheart, whether he was actually a sweetheart or not. It looked good to have children, it looked good to have this big house. It looked good to to follow his career. It looked good um, to be a certain weight. It looked good to have a certain religious belief. I, I definitely um, have always felt quite different as a person. Um, 
if anyone's into astrology, I'm an Aquarius woman and I am actually very textbook Aquarius, all just very airy and all over the place. Um, and I just remembered uh, being in college and not feeling accepted mm-hmm. and working really hard to become what people call, and I air quote, normal mm-hmm. so that I could live a happy life. And I had everything um, on the outside looking in of what looked successful. But in my heart, I felt like I failed myself and I wasn't living to my potential. Um, and so what I had to do was not only um, fail, but I had to fail publicly. I had to admit to my family that, yeah, remember when I called you guys from college in New Orleans saying I'm never coming back? Yeah, I'm coming back. And I need somebody's floor. Yeah. I had to call my job and say, hey, remember that I'm, you know, someone in my, my mid, late 20s and I'm making all of this money. I was in technical recruiting and I'm, and I'm really, really good at it. Um, yeah, I'm not coming back because this is before uh, remote working was a thing, right? You leave, you left your job. Um, I had to look at my, my five-year-old and my three-year-old and say, remember, I, I promised you that you would have a mommy and a daddy and that, you know, you wouldn't, all these promises that they didn't even ask me for, things that I just said, like, I can't raise these kids without their dad in the home. I can't, you know, be a single parent. They didn't ask me for that. That was what looked like success. Well, guess what? I would rather you have me and my wholeness than both of us broken. So you get a mom. I'm saving, I'll save money for therapy. (laughs) But really, um, but, but, but when I say, you know, and that's, that's just a lot of, of, of the beginning, but to answer your question more specifically, um, my, my journey to success within my brand started with me stopping, stop, stop, stop BSing myself, stop pretending like I wanted everything um, the world told me that I wanted and being willing to look like the fool and throw it all away so that I can then um, start actually building a foundation for a life that, that brought me joy. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And like, all I could keep thinking when you were speaking was like courageous, courageous, courageous. Right. And um, I just think so many people listening, I'm sure regardless of where we are in our journey, I think every, most women can probably relate, right, to feeling that way of like the way things look, the way things are perceived, what we're supposed to do. And to leave that right, that is so scary and so courageous. And and like you said in the beginning, it's so important to go back because it's so easy with social media, with everything. It's like the highlight reel, look how great my life is. But this is where like the work and the magic is, um, is that courageous moment where you choose, like, it's not like just that you choose yourself, right? Like that's what you did. And, um, yeah, I just am like, my mind is so like, I just, wow. And, um, and I just love, um, I am also, I just want to say I'm a Libra sun and an Aquarius moon. So my, I'm very airy too, but my, um, I can really relate to the Aquarius. My emotions are Aquarius. So I'm like very Aquarius on the inside. Um, But so how, I want to get into the work you do. And like, I mean, incredible that that was born out of what um, you went through. But can we talk a little bit about those early moments, right? When you left, how, like, how did that feel? And I guess, how did you survive, like, 
the first day, the first month, the first six months, right? Because I think that is the overwhelm is like, how am I going to leave? How am I going to raise my kids? How am I going to find a new job, right? Um, so how did you manage those first few moments? Um, I, I, I managed by giving myself space and boundaries. And a lot of times I think people talk about boundaries with other people, right? You have to have boundaries with your mom. You have to have boundaries with your boss. But people don't think about having boundaries with yourself. And what I was able to do is to say, okay, Brittany, you went through some real bad stuff. You lost yourself. You have to find you. And I didn't, I didn't want to um, come down too hard on myself because of the choice that I made. And I needed to exercise some compassion, but some, but too much compassion in, turns into um, self-enablement, right? Um, so, so where's that line? So I asked myself, where's that, where's that line? And I told myself, well, you have, you know, we had been together for, for three years, married for six. I said, well, you get one week per month <laughs> of her year that you guys were married. Um, sounds crazy, but like, that's just what I told myself. And so that meant I got six weeks to get my shit together. And what ended up happening was I was sleeping on my grandmother's floor um, in, in her spare bedroom with all her sewing supplies and my two children. And I said, what's the, what's, what's, if you ever, if anyone's ever sold products, they say, what's the MVP, right? What's the minimal viable product that I can do? What's the bare minimum I can do to not cause to not uh, sabotage myself in, any further. And it was to get my kids up and get them to school every day and then just give myself space so that when they come back, I can hold it together for them. So every morning for six weeks, I allowed myself to get up, put on clothes, take my kids to school, come back. And for the six hours that they were gone, I laid on the floor and I cried and I lamented and I begged and I sorrowed and I called my friends and I unloaded on them and you know all of those sort of things. And when I thought, Brittany, you're doing too much. You need to get it together. You need to get up. I said, nope, I got four more weeks. I got three more days. I got one day. And I'm not even gonna think about how I'm gonna figure this out until I get to, to day zero. And on day zero, I have to get up, I have to pull it together, and I have to move forward. Mm -hmm. And on day zero, what ended up happening was I said, uh, when was the last time you felt like yourself? That was the question I asked. And the last time I felt like myself was when I was in a yoga class. And so we are going to do some yoga, little girl. And, and, and that was the start of the company, but I didn't want to just do yoga. I wanted to do yoga in an independent way. I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to grow. So it wasn't like, let's just go down the street to Berkeley yoga town. It was, you're going to get your passport. You're going to book a trip. You're going to go to Rishikesh, India, and you're going to study at the Hari Om School of Vinyasa. And you were going to figure it out. And so, um, so I took my life savings and I called, um, all of my people and said, hey, you guys, I, I don't want to say that my children are in danger. They're not in danger. But what I need to do, I can't take them with me right now. And I actually ended up calling my estranged husband's mother who lived in Louisiana and said, I need you to, I need you to get them. And I don't know when I'm coming back. And I'm not coming back until I find myself. Um, because, you know, once you, once you start this journey, you don't, you don't get to back down. You don't get to leave the marriage because you're not healthy 
only to continue to not be healthy. I got to see this thing through. Um, so I went to India, then I went on to China, then I went on to Brazil, then I went to Colombia, right? Like each place I had a different reason for going, to, for going, you know, like really took my eat, pray, love. And when I, when I, when I felt like I arrived, I showed up and literally was like, hey, everybody who thinks you know me, you don't. And this is my new name. And not literally a new name. My name has always been Brittany, but my name is no longer anxious. My name is no longer wife. My name is no longer afraid. And I don't care what y'all think about the decisions that I've made. I don't care how you feel about me. I'm going to tell you that I cannot change any of those thoughts, but you're going to keep that shit to yourself. Right? And so when I would be on the phone talking to somebody and they would be like, oh my God, girl, like you crazy. I wouldn't have left a man with no police record. He got a good job. Like, okay, y'all, y'all get into it. And I would be like, hey, these are opinions that I need you to keep to yourself. And if they would keep talking, I'd hang up in their face and I'd text them and say, you're looking for someone that doesn't exist. I'll call you back in two weeks and see if you still want to be my friend. Cause my name is Brittany. It's not wife. And I even had to do that to my mother. Like at that point, I became very relentless about the boundaries that I had set for myself and for other people. And everybody around me either got with it or got lost. And once I found that freedom, I was like, holy snap, this is amazing. And as, as, a, as, a, um, as, as a thinker and someone who loves the world and people, I was like, okay, great. I figured it out. Like, I believe, you know, I went to school for, for, for positive psychology and social behavioral studies, and I believe that human behavior is, is, is a math product, right? And so I'm like, I found the formula for me. And so what I want to do is figure out exactly who I am in this world, and I want to find the thousands of women who are mirror versions of myself, and I want to I walk them through that, their personal hell to get them to where I am. And you guys, that is how Trap Yoga Bay was born. Wow. I mean, what a story. That's, I, this is my favorite part of our job because I, I get to like listen to these incredible stories. Yeah. And I love, you know, Erica and I, side note, the way we met is that we are, we practice Buddhism together. Um, and this, there's this concept in this, in our Buddhist philosophy about um, really transforming karma into mission or like pain into purpose or however you want to sort of poison into medicine. There's a lot of ways to articulate that concept, but your story really exemplifies that. And it's really interesting that it took, you know, it takes breaking those, those sort of expectations that we put on ourselves or, or the journey back to the self Mm -hmm. that opens up so much possibility and so much value creation. I think that's like the real sort of key thing that I listen to your story. I'm like, wow, because now there's all these other people all around the world that you have gotten to work with and help them do that. And then when they can do that, they can do, do the same thing. And it's like this ripple effect. And so it's not just one, it's like, it shows how much that I guess it shows how one individual story can truly transform countless amounts of people. Yeah. And then they can continue that. And so there is this sort of exponential way to, um, to create value on this planet. And, that's and what you'd what'd you say? 
I said, and that's my legacy. That's what yeah. I, that's what I want to, to, to put in this, this world that, yeah. that that's important. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's an exciting story to listen to. And another thing that really rang true to me, I think also just like in my own experience with, you know, dealing with a uh, single mom and, and divorce multiple times over in my childhood, just hearing that I couldn't count. I couldn't help but thinking what a gift actually to give your children to do that for yourself, to go to India, because there's so many like bullshit societal stuff about like, how can you, you know, leave for however many months or whatever. And it's like, all I could think was like, oh my God, that is such a gift for your kids that you did that for yourself. Like, I, I just, I just am like, they, they got to see how important it is to do that work for oneself because of like the modeling of like how you were valuing your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, people don't understand it. And, you know, and, and people do this when moms try to go to the, to the freaking bar and hang out with their friends. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to keep your kids? You're like, first of all, their dad, <laughs> he made them. <laughs> we can keep them. That's not babysitting, right? It's raising your children. Um, and, what people don't realize is when you are in a place of pain, you, you're physically present for your children, but you're not there. I wasn't there. I was dutiful. I fed them. I housed them. I kept them safe. I hugged them, right? I did the things. I, I, I was going down my checklist to make sure I didn't quote unquote lose my job, but we weren't, but I wasn't thriving as a parent from that broken place. And what, what one of the things that really made me um, understand it was time for me to go was a dream that I had. And in the dream, I died. And I was actually witnessing my own funeral. And there were all of these people, friends, who I have in real life, who got on that stage and said these wonderful things about who I was as a person. And my daughter, who I envisioned as a young adult, was crying. And one, a, a friend asked her, why are you crying? And she said, because I don't know this woman y'all speak of. Wow. I had gotten so far from my true north that my daughter actually would have never known me, who I was in that thing. So that was actually one of the, one of the things that said, you know, and my daughter, you know, she's, she's so much like me, right? Our birthdays are days apart. And I cannot leave this world with my reincarnation not here able to stand on my shoulders because I was her giant. If I don't tell her who she is and how, you know, not tell her who she is, if I don't help her cultivate who she is, I wanna raise the child that I have, not the child that I want. Um, but but to, to help her understand, you know, just so many little things about herself so that she can know more fully who she is in the world. You know, I have a sister that I did not meet until much later in life and I'm sitting here and I'm talking to her and she cracks her knuckles and I'm like, oh my gosh, I crack my knuckles and I don't know why, right? Or I'm looking at her smile and I'm like, look at those big old teeth. I have those big old teeth, you know? And in and, and that level of connectedness that happens. And, and I, I just knew you guys that I was called, you know, that I was called for more. And something that I love about the Buddhist practice, um, which overlaps with yoga is the practice of non-attachment, non-attachment to this body, non-attachment to this life, non-attachment to this label. And to know that I am here um, to, to, to bloom like a lotus and to do good in the world. And if at any time um, who, who I've shown up as is no longer serving 
humankind, then I need to shed that and I need to come anew and I need to build a new box. And that's something that a lot of women don't know, that the world wants to put you in a box, but you have the power to build that box and you have the power to break that box. And, and for me, I needed to break that box. And if you guys met my daughter now, like she's just, and, and my son too, they're they are just, they're thriving, they're healthy, they're happy. And, and, and so much of it is because we are not concerned about what life looks like. Yep. It's about what it feels like and it feels good. And we have a long-term plan for our joy and for our success. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing anybody can do for their life, right? Is to focus on how it feels and not how it looks. And as you're speaking, right, your dream too, is that's like, what a powerful dream. And, and right. You're saying like you're, you were called and like, you're listening to this part of yourself. Can, can I ask too, like, what is your relationship to like spirituality and self and how did that voice, um, how did you like cultivate it, right? To, to trust it, to listen to it, to, um, I, I, even myself, right? Like, I feel like I have intense dreams sometimes, but I ignore it. Like, you know, or I just am like, oh, that nightmare, whatever. So how did you start to really listen and hone in on that and, you know, really just develop that yeah. purpose? I think that dreams have a, you have a huge, profound purpose in our lives, right? Like just scientifically, a dream is your brain trying to work out something. It's your brain being like, uh, yeah, the body's gonna sleep, but like, I'm trying to work some stuff out. And if we, if we pay attention, it, it's telling us what our next steps are. Um, you know, I love science and I love, um, psychology. And I know they've, they've done several studies where they had someone, you know, practicing a skiing game and then they went to bed and they, and they monitored their brain waves and they were in the game again. And then they came back the next day and performed better or how they tell you with language acquisition, when you dream in another language, you've officially got it because that is your brain constantly trying to be like, do we got it? Do we got it? Um, so I, so I do not take, um, dreams for granted, obviously things like what you consume, affects your dreams. So I'm very, very mindful because I am a dreamer, um, what I watch on TV or, you know, how, how late I'm scrolling at night. And one of the things I do to, to better enhance myself is I consume positive content before I go to bed. No bullshit. I like I, nothing, nothing. I can't deal with anything else. Someone tries to get me to watch a scary movie after dark. I will cuss you out. I'm going home. Right. I, I'm not with it. Um, but, but to listen to that, um, or my, my relationship to spirituality, um, I was not raised in the church. I was not raised with any level of spirituality. My mother was a preacher's kid, and a lot of us know how that goes, right? Um, and then it, when, I, when I got married, I found um, what I believed then to be religion and um, spent time in a Pentecostal church, spent time as a minister, um, a marriage minister, reading, studying the Bible. And there were a lot of things that um, a lot of red flags that, that did not resonate with me, but, but I, I kept moving. Um, and then eventually waking up one day, realizing that I am a black woman and this Christian thing has got, it's got some loopholes and I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, I'm gonna keep looking into it and I don't know. Um, and then realizing one day, you know, it, life isn't this like super linear thing, you just kind of have, you collect data and then boom, you have this revelation. Um, I, I started to understand that um, I am connected 
to everybody and everything and divine order is, is at play here. And what I now understand is that we are collectively, and I'm like, this is where I start to sound kind of crazy, but we are collectively, um, we are the universe. We collectively make up God, every single one of us, his wrath, her, 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 her joy, her fury, you know, all of those sort of things. And so I, so I started telling myself, um, and I'm, a, I'm not a big woman, but when I walk down the street, people notice me. I don't, it, it, I used to be like, oh, it's because of my hair. Oh, it's because I'm cute. No, it's just something about my presence that everywhere I go, ever since I was a young child, people stare at me. Right. And I got once one day I had this revelation that said, hey, if I was walking down the street and I saw, you know, um, spirit in the manifestation, I would stare too. I would be very interested. I would follow spirit. I'd be like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, how are we going to get blessed? And so what that helps me do is have a North Star of saying, um, hey, everything, my steps are ordered. Everything is divine. The things that happen are supposed to happen. And it is my job to take the lessons and to do good with it. And what that looks like in my time of meditation is to, is to, to review my life um, almost outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Is to say, to, to not add judgment or not add attachment to any particular event, but to say, how does this play? How does this, this minute detail that feels so important play a part in this huge thing? And I realized that I am blessed because I know what my calling is. I, I fully understand my purpose. And a lot of, and, and I do not want to negate that from people. When you know what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, it's a whole lot easier to do it. That's what they say. But I'm telling you, that's not my truth. Once you find your calling, the hard part is, is, is keeping your ass in line and standing on that track and not getting emotionally involved in what it is that you're called to do. But, um, but I hope that answers your question. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor and one of our favorite wellness brands, Ned. Ned produces the highest quality full spectrum CBD from organic hemp plants sourced entirely from an independent farm in Colorado. After interviewing co-founder Adrian Zimmerman on the podcast and trying their products, Allie and I were both instant fans of the products and of the company. As someone who struggles with anxiety, my favorite product is definitely the full spectrum hemp oil line. I notice a huge difference in my anxiety, sleep, and general mood when I take it consistently, so I have made it part of my daily self-care routine. Every day I use the 750 milligram tincture and do two droplets under my tongue in the morning and evening. I also love applying the hemp-infused body butter to my neck and shoulders before bed as I am winding down and always use my tincture as an alternative to any pain medication if I get hit with a headache. What's great about Ned is that they also offer a North Star membership where with zero commitment, I can have my favorite products delivered monthly at an extra discount with free shipping and no annual fee. I have also become a dedicated user of Ned products and have been able to replace my monthly use of ibuprofen to manage period discomfort with Ned's natural cycles collection of salves, tinctures, and roll-ons. This collection is slow crafted with love from an extraordinary group of women and provides a more holistic anti-inflammatory and natural pain relief option. Also, I recently started incorporating Ned's limited release immunity blend tincture into my routine as well. This blend combines botanicals, herbs, and fungi to offer functional immune support. 
100% of profits are donated to EcoHealth Alliance to support their fight against pandemics and promotion of conservation. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash CW podcast. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know you're going to love it. You can also find the direct link in our show notes and check out all of their wellness products. Now back to the episode. I think that's great. And actually it leads me to another question because you sort of hit the nail on the head. It's like once you open up to this awareness, the work gets hard. It's not like, boom, done now, coasting for the rest of my life. So I'm curious, and I think this now is like a good transition into into yoga and into into your brand that you've created too, and also your yoga practice. Um, How do you use, I, I feel like what you're talking about, you need a practice in order to participate in that kind of, like staying in that place of mission or purpose or um, being this sort of centered being and, and in touch with oneself. Because like you said, there's all sorts of things that can kind of come in and obstacles come and things can sway sway you. And so I'm curious, I'm um, making an assumption that your yoga practice is probably a huge part of that. But can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like for you, a practice, um, as a practice, and how you keep yourself in that place daily? And part two, how you then um, provide these tools for others and your greater community now? Yeah. Um, So... I want to be super transparent because I think you guys deserve that. Um, My yoga practice, I still practice yoga every day, but it is, it's not quite mine. And let me explain. Um, Outside of quarantine, I tour three weeks out of the month. I teach yoga 25 times a week. That's a lot of yoga. And my yoga, uh, my style of yoga and in, in my style of teaching is, um, is integrated. I teach, I, I practice while I teach, mm. right? Because, I, because I'm made for beginners and they need a visual representation. They're like, girl, you told me to put my hand where? <laughs> like they're in there like, baby, is this twister? Because I'm out, you know? So if, if I stop, they stop. Mm. Uh, and that's just naturally, you know, what it is. And we're talking about 350 women in a room doing yoga who's never done yoga before. Um, So what ends up happening is I get really tired physically and there's only so much yoga you can, so much asana, the physical Mm -hmm. practice that you can do. And I, and in year two, I hit a wall, y'all. I was really, I was pissed, right? Because I had this practice that changed and saved my life. And now I'm too tired to do it without an audience. And now these people, this is their first time doing it. I've been practicing yoga for seven, eight years. I want to do a handstand. I want to do the splits. If I do that, they're walking out the door. So I likened it to saying, it's like knowing quantum physics, but you're an algebra teacher. 
and you spend all your time trying to figure out how to help these kids understand algebra. So, so what I had to do, and we talk about practice non-attachment is let it go. Mm. I had to let go of the idea that my physical practice of yoga, and this is the first time I've ever said this out loud where other people are going to listen, um, you know, outside of my, my own company, my physical practice of yoga wasn't for me. It's for the masses. So what I had to do was strengthen my meditation practice. And that means I now know how to spend two hours in solitude and meditation. Um, if, if I walk to you, if I lift up this this camera, sorry guys, you can't, you can't see at home, but, and I walked you into my, um, into my, my meditation room. It looks like a, a Jim Bang, a Korean spa, right? I've got my floors that are heated. I've got my mat with my blocks. I've got red lights installed. I've got plants everywhere. Um, I've got speakers set up because I will take a hot bath and I will lay there and I will manifest and I will forgive and I will think and I will offer compassion to the universe. And that is now my practice because my because physical bodies have much more limitations than the mind um and then other little mini meditations that i do every morning when i wake up as soon as my feet touch the ground um you probably would not want to wake be in the bed next to me because i wake up and i shout yes like i won something because if i walk up guess what i won right? And then as soon as I see myself in the mirror, my reflection for the first time, that resonance, I look at myself in the eyes and I say, today is going to be a good day. And I smile so that I can have my body release those endorphins of joy and happiness. And I know to a lot of people, it sounds crazy, but to wake up and go, that sounds crazy to me. And that's what a lot of people do to wake up and they, oh, let me get this coffee because my job doesn't excite me. And I really don't want to be there. So these are the steps that I have to take to make sure I can pay my rent. If you can set yourself up to force yourself to go out and have the day that you did not want to have, I have trained my brain to wake my ass up and set myself up for success to have the day that I absolutely deserve and require. Mm. I tell people all the time when I talk to them, may your day be as awesome as you are. And some people get offended. I'm like, well, then guess what, bitch? You're not awesome enough. You need to go be more awesome. Because I wasn't, I wasn't throwing shade. Right. Right. I'm definitely going to do that. Like my poor husband, but he wakes up earlier than me. So actually he won't be there, but I'm going to do that when I like, I'm so inspired by everything you're saying. And, and even just throughout this conversation where we started right from like that, like personal moment of I'm going to leave and I'm going to turn my whole life upside down to where you are getting up out of bed saying yes, right? And starting your day and having this practice. It's like, it's so inspiring to me. I'm so, I'm sure it's activating something and everyone listening. Cause I also like not to be woo woo, but if you're listening, if you're here, there's, there, there's a reason. And I think it's, it's just like, we can all get there. Right. Cause I think sometimes in the middle of that journey, it's like, that feels so far away, but it's just one day at a time, little by little, right? Like you didn't start all those years ago, waking up and saying yes, but here you are. And so I just like, yeah, I'm so inspired. Yeah. If you, if you, if you challenge yourself to be, to experience 1% more joy than you did the day before in one year, you will 365 days, you will be 365% happier. That is your life in a full circle. Yeah. And that's literally starting out with just saying, I want to be alive today. 
just saying that out loud, even if that's not how you feel. Because let's be honest, um, although depression is not something um, I, I, I used to tend more towards anxiety than depression, we've all had days where no, maybe, maybe you want to die or maybe death is not what you're thinking, but you just want to disappear into oblivion. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's about training the brain. It's about if you can't do anything else to say, I want to live to see tomorrow because I hope tomorrow is going to be better. Yeah. That's, that's the 1% for the day. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So now can you talk to us about Trap Yoga Bay? What is the method? How did you develop it? Tell us everything. Everything you want this. <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the recipe. You know, if anybody's listening tries to take my sauce, it won't taste the yeah. same. Yeah, no. Nope. No. Um, but uh, so so the way that we do trap yoga, like let's even back up and tell people what trap yoga is, right? Trap yoga is a vinyasa style yoga experience, um, but we do things quite differently. In my classes or my experiences, every class is curated by a live DJ. Um, in particular, my DJ, DJ True Star, and I call her a music god because we have staple songs, but she is really great at reading the room and getting us the exact energy that we need. So important, music carries us. Um, the second thing I do in my class that are different is that I include these things called ratchet affirmations. And a ratchet affirmation is sage advice but it kind of sounds like rap lyrics. I'd say things like, you can accept someone for who they are, but not fuck with them for the very same reason, right? Ratchet affirmation. And then the third thing we do in our class is we dance, but not in any particular, not a particular type of dance, or it is a particular type of dance, we twerk. And twerking is about just dancing freely, getting into your body, shaking that ass um, in, in, a, in, a, in a method, like a, um, in a, in a in a controlled way and, and really just having fun. And the idea is I want to invite people who never felt like self-care looked like them to join. I want to invite people who are not interested in that like quiet, weird um, yoga setting, people who are quite frankly afraid of silence. Because while we talk about meditation and all of that stuff and people say, I can't meditate, a lot of times it's I do not know how to function with quiet. So I fill my life with drama and people and things because that is the dark side of meditation. Everywhere you go, there you are. And when I clear the room out and all you hear is your mind, many folks are not ready for that, right? Um, so, that so that music fills that space. Those ratchet affirmation keeps their mind focused. The mm -hmm. twerking gives them, keeps their body focused. And the whole time I'm there holding your hand and walking you through it. Um, it, it, it really, it really is, you know, it really is that. And so in the class, my idea is I want to teach people um, how to, how to practice without me. So instead of going to, I don't know if any of you ladies have ever been to a yoga class. And even when it's a good class after, at the end, you're like, I did some dope stuff and I don't remember what it was. I don't even know what I did. Like, I liked it, but I don't know. Like, I did bakasana a little bit, little little yogi squat. Like, my hips hurt. I feel it, but I don't know what I did. So I actually only teach four flows. And each flow, I teach them three times. The first time, I show them exactly what to do. The second time, I show them modifications. The third time, I show them how to follow it with their breath. And then after that, we turn the music up, club blaring loud, and we give them five minutes 
to practice the flow that they learned. So I, I'd say it as a joke. I'm like, so the next time you want to slap a hoe, you, you, you actually can choose yoga because it's in the back of your head, right? When people want to start a yoga practice, they don't know where to start. I want to give them four flows that they can do anytime, anywhere. Um, so if they ever need to recenter themselves, they remember what that was. Um, so now you have my trade secret. Right. I'm like, sign me up. (laughs) I, you know, something that Erica and I, it became glaringly obvious as we ourselves entered the wellness space, for lack of a better way to explain it, (laughs) industry, um, was the lack of accessibility for so many people. Um, in so many ways too. Uh, and I think that's what's really remarkable and unique about what you have created is, um, that these, like these ancient practices that you clearly very much like updated in a, in a relevant way or in, in, in a way that can feel relevant if someone would probably otherwise feel excluded or scared of it or whatever, whatever those barriers might be. There's many, I think, but, um, I, I don't know. It's just this, like, as, as we have become ourselves more and more aware or more and more involved in this sort of space, it's so obvious the need for it because, um, because it's shocking how, inaccessible, um, certain practices, certain, you know, like wellness practices, the space itself, um, even walking into a yoga class too. And, and what the sort of like barriers to entry for this kind of deep, um, self-care that everybody should have access to a right to, um, there are, there are many. So the fact that you like have, figured out this way, which feels authentic and not, um, like sticky in any way. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it's like where people can feel like a safe space and that you, that you work with beginner level yogis, people who are maybe interested and people who've never taken a class, but like, Hey, come here, be a part of this community, this experience. And then it's something that they can have for themselves. I love that. And I'm glad that you explained that for us too, because then it's not something that like I, one needs to seek outside of themselves to, to rely on or to utilize for themselves. Um, which is, is something that I think we need to talk more about in, in wellness. Yeah. I, I love that. There was a couple of things that came up, you know, when you were talking. One, the culturally relevance piece, right? Um, part of our marketing plan, our marketing ploy is to pretend like it's not really yoga, right? Like, they, in like the first five minutes, I'm like, anybody feel duped? Gotcha. It's a, it's a yoga class. You're going to do yoga today, right? Um, but if you look at my marketing, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of thirst traps. It's a lot of, come throw that ass in a circle with me. It's a lot of, hey, y'all, let's have fun. We're going to have a DJ. We're going like, to we'll have a twerk contest, right? Like, basically, we're like, look, it's the club. Tell your, tell your mom to watch your kids. Uh, you know, like, because like, you're going to quote, unquote, yoga, air quotes, but really it's going to be like the club, right? And we get there and we're like, psych, it's both. Um, because we've been taught, um, and I can speak specifically as a black woman that, um, that self-care doesn't look like me. 
socioeconomically, it doesn't look like, you know, where I came from. Um, it doesn't look like the body that I have, right? Yoga is not made for girls who booty jiggle when they, um, when they, when they do their hop back, skip back, jump back, right? It, so, so really to say, hey, I know that you are not trained to, to automatically want to take care of yourself, but my culture has been trained to have fun and we love to party. So I invite you to this party and we're gonna do yoga on the side and then you get there and, and we do that self-work. And then the other piece that you said that I think is, is so important is self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, so, so we, I've actually taken a little bit of a pivot or a big bit of a pivot. Um, I have created a wellness app. So there is a Trap Yoga Bay app now. I have an online community of a thousand women who we've deconstructed the class, meaning the ratchet affirmations have become ratchet affirmation workshops. The music becomes mixes. The um, savasana becomes a meditation. Yoga becomes that. So I'm still filming nonstop and, um, and, and, and wanting that. But the whole idea is, is to keep people self-sufficient. And so what I actually have is I have my own coaches who goes back and she watches my coaching videos. She watches all of that stuff. And, and the thing that I always ask to be flagged for is, um, is enablement, is doing things to keep people under my wing or under my thumb as it will. And it's actually not a super awesome business practice. Because if you can convince people that they constantly need you, then you don't have to look for new customers, right? Doc, I mean, like even the wellness industry does that. Beauty industry does that. Like here's this, here's this most amazing foundation, get it and it's going to change your life. And then six weeks later, they're like, yeah, that's trash. This is the new. Now you're, now you're not beautiful again unless you buy this next product. And that is how they stay in business. But I believe that there are enough people in the world who need me that I can help them, that I can give them the actual tools and send them on their way. And I, and I will change their lives in such a way that they can't help but be an evangelist for what I do because without saying a word, people are gonna see a difference and they're going to trace it back to the time that they've spent working with me. Um, so, so, and I think that that's where I differ in my business model, which is, I want to get you in. I want to get you. Cha- I want to get your life enhanced, and I want to send you on your way to go do good in the world. Because it goes back to what we talked about before—that ripple effect. So, so I love that just by hearing it and not even physically participating in my class, you hear that idea of cultural relevance, of acceptance, yeah. self and others, and of um, of of giving people the tools for for self reliance. Yeah, and I think actually it's like what you're talking about as well is like, we believe so deeply in like community wellness, right? Like you can't truly be well if your community is suffering. If like the society around you is on fire, what is wellness, right? Exactly. But I think, right, like, yes, you're giving people the tools and they don't need you. They can do it on their own. But that aspect of community, I think is part of, um, continuing, right? Like it's hard to do this work on our own. Like you can do it. We can all do it, but we need tools and daily practice is a tool. Community though, I think is a big tool and, and the community you're cultivating. It's like, yeah, I could do this on my own, but like, I want to be inspired. I want to hear experiences. I want to see people's lives changing around me because on my low days, that's how I continue, right? Like the day, I, I, for me, community has always just been so important. 
in crucial and that it's like, it's definitely a crucial ingredient. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and thank you for speaking to that. And when we talk about community, like, I don't know how deeply entrenched you guys uh, got into researching my brand, but my community, yeah. they are crazy about the work that we are doing yes. here, the love that we are putting out there. And I, and I think you're right. Um, I, 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 I will say that all of the dope stuff that I drop in my app, it does, does not rival to the support of the women in there. Mm -hmm. And the way that they come in and they say, you know, hey, I'm a queer woman who is secretly pregnant. I got IVF and I'm about mm -hmm. to have this baby and I'm not letting my family know. And my tribe um, come, ar come around them and help them plan maternity shoots. Mm -hmm. And telling her like, no, no, you are going to regret not taking these pictures, girl, take the picture. Yeah. So much so that from her hospital bed of, of having the baby, she sends a message to an app, yeah. right? Yeah. Saying, hey, I just want to let y'all know that I had the baby. We're figuring this out. My back hurt. Um, and people are like, hey, I'm in, I'm in your city. You know, obviously I can't come to the hospital right now, but, you know, I'll come and I'll help. And to do that. And, you know, I think community is so important that one of the topics that we cover in my tribe was friendships. Yeah. And I'm helping people understand that there are three levels of friendships and how to better identify the people around you because you, you, you are only as successful as, as your tribe and your community. So yes, thank you for speaking to that. And, you know, people get all excited, like, oh, you got 65,000 followers online. I'm like, that's not where the love is, right? Like I will take those 900 women who ride for each other, who, who make my love and my energy omnipresent and unending, right? What did they say in the word? Um, many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. they, they are now, you know, because of what I've been able to do with 100, 200, 500, 600, 700 women, now I have seven, eight, 900 iterations of me in the world doing my work and leaving space so that um, I can... I can now be on your platform and talk to your people and, um, and, and invite them in to, uh, to our world and, and we can continue to perpetuate this. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Like, I'm so, I'm so, this is my, the favorite part, my favorite part of our job is that like, we get to do this, um, for people who have like really big missions and that's exciting. We get to like be witness to it on a daily basis, which is really cool. Um, so that being said, as we wrap up every episode, we ask all of our guests three questions. Ooh. So the first one you've already actually spoken to in, in our conversation. And the question is this, is how, how do you practice self-care on a daily basis? But for you, I'm going to say, um, because you've sort of touched on that, what on a, on a daily basis, what are your non-negotiables? Mm. On a daily basis, a non-negotiable for me would be explaining my no. Mm. I believe that no is a full-ass sentence, and I will not spend time explaining to someone why something does not work for me if it crosses my lines. Mm. Non-negotiable, seven days a week, and when there's a leap year or an extra hour in a day, still not made for that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was a big lesson I had to learn 
um, right before I turned 30 actually was that no is a complete sentence. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Um, the second question we ask is what does courage mean to you? What does being courageous mean to you? Being courageous means trusting yourself. Trusting that, that you've been downloaded everything you need to know. Um, and, and not to say that you're an all-knowing being, but trusting that knowing everything you need to know is to know that you don't know shit and you need to go get some help. <laughs> like that, and that's all I need to know. All I need to know is I don't know. And, and, and I need to, fi- and, and to go figure it out, but, but to trust that. Thank you. And then the final question is, do you have any books um, that have been particularly meaningful to you in your journey? And it can be on anything. It could be a novel, but just something that you would refer or recommend that's meant something to you. Man, you know, I'm getting to a point where I feel like my platform is big enough that if I say it, I need to check. But uh, <laughs> um, I think a book that really tipped the scale for me was Atomic Habits, mm. right? Um, I think that was like James Clear, Atomic Habits, super duper dope book about just, it. like I said, the 1% and getting that idea of the mini meditations, waking up, yes, you know, things like that. Um, and to remind myself, because like you said, you love talking to people with big missions. I have a big mission and I will bite off more than I can chew and then, and then keep stuffing my mouth for it. And I think learning the, the power of tiny habits and small steps and continuously optimizing and reviewing my life um, helped me get where I wanted to go a whole lot faster. Um, it, ta- it taught me to be the hare. Or not the hair. Taught me to stop being the hair. Taught me to be the tortoise. Thank you so much. And thank you for, gosh, sharing everything. Like, I'm so impacted. I'm so, like, I'm so excited to take so much from this conversation. And I'm sure everyone else listening feels the same way. Um, so where can everyone follow, stalk you online, Instagram, your workout, everything? Tell us everything that where we can find you. Yes, thank you. I don't call it stalking because um, once you once they've spent the last you know fifty or so minutes listening to me, you are my bay friend. Uh, and and the best way to find me is just to to look up the word Trap Yoga Bay, um, T R A P Y O G A B A E. I'm that way on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook in the app store, please download my app. I've got free content in there. Um, it's a fi- we start off with a five-day journey of life-changing principles, as well as free med- a free meditation and a free workout. So, you know, I come bearing gifts, I come to enhance, um, and I come to love, you know? And, and, and if you don't feel that way, just, you know, stay away, stay away from me. Well, thank you so much. This has been just a real pleasure. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie and I'm Erica and we're Courageous Wellness.